Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you, your family and work can thrive. My name is Marina Pearson and I'm your host, transformational coach and mum who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling and full of joy. So this week I wanted to share that I'm launching an amazing course called Manifesting Miracles 2020, the beautiful Ian Watson. After realizing that manifesting was a really hot topic from the amount of downloads that we got from how to manifest anything that you want on this series. We decided to club together and use our 34 years of experience to create a six-week online course for you to create one thing that you want to bring into your life. So anything from relationship to money to client, anything that you have thought to be totally impossible to create in your life, then we're going to give you the space to be able to do that. Now, who's it for? Well, it's for you if you've been striving and struggling to make that one thing happen. We're also going to get you clarity on what that is for you. Plus, by the end of the course, you would have manifested something of your heart's desires that you might have thought that was totally and utterly bonkers crazy that you never thought you'd be able to do so if this sounds like something that you're interested in and even you know if you've read my book you'll know that there's a chapter dedicated towards this and you want to be able to manifest and make 2020 that miraculous year for you then join me and ian if that sounds like something you want to be part of then email me at marina at marinapearson.com putting the subject line manifesting miracles and then in the body just ask me for more info and we'll take it from there hope to see you soon bye-bye for now and on today's show you have me yes that's right i've decided to come on and do a solo rant uh and seeing as it's very pertinent to this time of year christmas family children i wanted to share the ins and outs of my co-parenting transatlantic journey there have been moments where this experience has been quite difficult there have been moments where it's been easy there have been moments where i haven't wanted to let my son go back to the states and for those of you that don't know I spend uh, four months with my son and then he goes back to his dad in the US and we do it alternately and we've been doing that for the last year and a half. I wanted to share this as a as a means to, for those of you that do co-parent, um, as a support I guess or maybe a little bit more of a guide um, and if you are finding it difficult to give you some insight and hopefully some nuggets of gold would appear for you to feel better about your situation and experience it with more joy and love. Enjoy. So I have decided to do a solo show today, um, talking about a a very close topic to my heart, which is the one of co-parenting, but specifically transatlantically. Now I know that Christmas is upon us and for a lot of people, it's a time of, well, it means a lot to different people, different things to different people. There's a lot of people that don't like it. There's a lot of people that seem to think that uh, it has the power to make them stressed. There's a lot of people that love it. There's a lot of people that take advantage of this time to spend time with their families. There's a lot of people that don't have families that they cannot spend that time with. And so the experience of everybody will be different. 
But I decided that I wanted to share my insights into co-parenting transatlantically because it seems to me that there has been a bit of a controversy around who my son should be with. Now, recently I have communicated with quite a few dads who, for one reason or another, feel that what I am doing with my son and with my ex is quite pioneering in the sense that there are very few women that they have come across that would say, okay, yeah, it's all good. 50% is actually far better than not. In other words, it's really important for a child to have both parents versus one. And as a result of that, I decided that I would let Leo uh, and my ex would let Leo spend 50% of his time between us. Now, that is very unusual. I understand that. For a lot of people, that decision would be very much like, well, you know, the child should be with their mum. That's who the child should be with. And that is actually the majority of what people share with me, is that they feel that Leo should be with his mum. I remember back in August that I wrote around... um, I wrote about this on Facebook, where I was like... You know, I was feeling the feels and as Leo had gone, it looked to me like my experience was coming from him not being here with me anymore. And, you know, and granted, while our experience is always created via the power of thought, it's not created by the circumstances or the people that are around us. Um, And if you'd like to know more about that, then there are many episodes in these podcast series that share what I'm talking about more deeply And when I talk about the power of thought, what I'm sharing is this divine energy that allows us to experience life and every feeling that we've ever felt and sensation, um, taste, etc., etc., delight. And so with that in mind, I I know this to be true, that, that thought creates our experience. And as the famous physician said, David Bohm, and then said, I didn't do it. That thought didn't do it. Creates our experience and then said, oh, I didn't do it. But it does. It does create our experience. As I am human, I see it sometimes and I don't see it other times. And during this time, I wasn't seeing it very well. During this time, I was feeling very sad. I was feeling um, like I was really missing my son when he left in August. I felt like I had made a mistake and that I needed to go and spend the time that he was in London, that I should have gone with him um, and that I would spend the the time that he had in Europe instead of going on retreat. But in the end, I made that decision based on um, what my body was asking for, which was to go on retreat. And he was then with his dad in London or in the UK having a great time doing lots of fun stuff with him for his birthday. And as I was feeling the feels, I shared a post around this on Facebook and shared that, you know, I was sad and I was um, feeling that, you know, Leo wasn't here anymore and that it was a really deeply mourning occasion for now. And what I didn't expect was the controversy of that post, which was very much around, uh, well, you should never let him go to see his dad. There were some comments around that that once again, go back to this idea that the child should be with their mother. And how could I let him go off to spend time with his dad? 
how crazy that was and that, you know, it was my responsibility to look after my son. So that was an interesting take because I just assumed that most people, and and by the way, by when I say people, I mean women, would would understand that, that somehow that there would be this understanding that, in fact, both parents are needed. At least that's my take on this. Without my ex, I would never have had Leo. And while I carried him for nine months, that's just biology. That's just sheer biology. Now, when it comes to creating a bond with anyone, that's effort, time and love put in. And I see that my ex is doing that with my son. So who am I to take my son away from my ex? Who am I to take my son away from his dad? It's interesting to me because um, on talking to one of his teachers back in the US, uh, she shared with us that he's really well adapted, like seriously well adapted, like in comparison to other kids that may have had come from divorced homes who lived just down the road. Leo is extremely well adapted. And this is a kid that spends four of his months in the States and then four of his months here in Spain and vice versa for now. The plan is going to change next year, but for now, that's what's going on. And when I listened to that, what came to me was this sense that a lot of this has to do with the fact that his dad and I actually have a really great relationship. Granted, we've had our moments and I'm sure that we'll keep on having them. But the foundation of what we've created is based on trust, is based on wanting to work things out and is based on looking out for our son. What I've come to see, and this is what I see a lot of the time, is that when parents, or when one of them, or when both of them, use their children as pawns to get back at the other. Now, I, whoever's listening to this, um, I, I know this is a sensitive subject, and this isn't one to berate or to um, judge it's more to share that when two people are feeling very insecure and think that their experience is coming from something outside of them, in other words, let's just use an example. I have a friend who is in the middle of a is in the middle of wanting to keep his daughter. His uh, daughter claimed that she wanted to go back and live with her mother. And so the mother took advantage of that and basically said, fine, well, if you want to come back and live with me, that's great. Let's take this to court. So the mother has built a case against the dad. Now, the way it is here in Spain is based on um, if you have 50% custody, that basically means that each person has the capacity to share and to share in the education, share in the decision-making, to share in the future of their child. When they have, when one of them has custody, full custody, the other person really doesn't have anything at all, only visiting rights, and that's pretty much about it. They don't have much say in the matter, if at all. Now, interestingly enough, the daughter, about four years ago, said she wanted to go and live with her dad. 
he turned around and said, look, you need both of us. You don't need just me. You need both of us. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do 50%. But as it turns out, it's now an opportunity for the ex to decide and and to take advantage of the fact that her daughter now wants to uh, live with her and has decided that that's what's going to happen. Now, in today's society, most of the people would be like, well, yeah, of course, you're the mother. That makes perfect sense. Of course, you should have your daughter back. And this seems absolutely crazy to me. But once again, I'm only ever coming from where I'm seeing it. So I may have a lot of judgments and opinions on it, or maybe a lot of opinions on it. But that's not to say that what we're doing the best that we can. And we're all doing the best that we can. And I understand that. I really do. And yet for me, it seems interesting that we should support this in some way shape or form that this idea that that their children should be with their mothers now in a lot of cases I would say yes absolutely but if a father is doing an incredible job of bringing up their child and the child decides well just because she's not getting what she needs at home in terms of um he you know she asks for stuff he doesn't give it to her she gets annoyed by that, her mom gives her everything, that it's more like a selfish point of view, then we need to look at that, I think, as a society. What is actually the best thing for the child? What is the best thing in, in a way in which we can actually educate the next generation so that they can't have everything they have they want, but they start to value what they have? And so for me, in this case and point, I was very much of the mind that Leo needs both of us, male and female. We both bring something to the table. What I've started to see is the strengths that my ex has are really actually uh, work really well in terms of the strengths that I have. And of course, we both have weaknesses. I understand that, you know, we're, we're, we're human at the end of the day. And it's not like, you know, we're, we're flawless because we're not, but we're both doing the best that we can. And what's fascinating to me is the shift and the change in the relationship that I've had with my ex. So to give you some examples... So about two and a half years ago, three years ago, when my ex decided that he was moving to the US, actually about a year and a half ago, he said he wanted to take Leo with him, that he wanted to be there 100% of the time. I, of course, went, no, that's not going to happen. We've suggested that this should be 50%. And every time we had that conversation, we would be in gridlock. I mean... The thing is that the divorce paper said 50%, so he wouldn't have been able to have done it anyway. But the gridlock was there. This was the plan. This is what we were going to do. We we're going to move to the States. And I was like, yeah, but we're no longer together. So that plan has changed. 
Um, you, you're going, but that's because you want to go, but not because I want to go. And I want to stay here because this is where uh, Leo is at the moment. So we were in that dialogue for about two months until he had an epiphany, until he had an insight, until he saw that what if the shoe was on the other foot? What if I kept bringing up this idea that Leo should be with me 100% of the time? How would that make him feel? And he realized that if he put himself into my shoes, that actually he was being very unfair and that, yeah, that wouldn't work. So that really leveled the playing field for a while in terms of us being able to now dialogue about how it might look if we were co-parenting 50%. We then went through another transition because for a while I was feeling that he was thinking that he was the better parent. Now, um, having said that, on reflection, I can understand where he was coming from. First two and a half years, three years of my uh, of me being a mum were not easy. I wasn't very well. I felt like I was in a complete fog and I wasn't coping very well. So anybody from the outside in would have thought, well, you know, if she's not coping very well, how the hell is she going to look after a little one? And so I got and I get his point of view. It's really understandable for me that he would be... I mean, at the end of the day, if one's looking out for their, their child, you know, you would question, if somebody's not coping, is that the best thing for the child? So I then started to awake to something new too, which was, it seemed to me that the way I was reacting, and at the time I would, I would shout, I would get pissed off and angry and all of that, that somehow if I was in that space, that that was quite a normal reaction but then I started to notice that other people around me weren't actually reacting in the same way. They were responding to Leo in a very different way, with patience, with kindness, with understanding. I thought to myself, hmm, I probably need to look at this. So I went ahead and did a course with the, the amazing Dr. Laura Markham. Um, it's an online course where it shares how to be with your kids. And to be honest, it was really revelatory to me in terms of how to educate Leo, in terms of, you know, what not to do, what to do, so that you build a really beautiful bond with your child, but also that they feel really secure and that life isn't out to get them. And as I started doing the work, I started to see some really big shifts and changes. Because you see, at the time, I was really struggling to spend time with him. I was really struggling to be present. I was really struggling to just be. Every time he would come home, I would get really, um, I would have this thing in my awareness, which was the sense of dread of like, oh my God, what am I going to do with him now? What, what am I supposed to do with this child? Like, you know, um, how am I going to entertain him? And uh, I honestly thought that my feelings were coming from all of those things when realizing that they weren't. And as I wrote about it in my book, In the Joy of Being, there's a section there where um, I had this huge epiphany around 
what I was feeling and realised that the way I was feeling about this was actually had got nothing to do with me, that had everything to do with my mother. And that's what she went through. And that that's how she experienced having children. And that it had nothing to do with me. And so, for me, it was definitely a struggle. I was going through some health issues, um, a lot of intestinal things that needed to get sorted. My energy levels were all over the place. And, well, as you know, uh, or you might find out, when in the first sort of couple of years, it's all physical, right? It's all about you giving to this child and then them taking, 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 which is totally normal and natural. So, of course, from the outside in, you would think, okay, well, if this person isn't coping, how? And so my feeling around this was that he thought he was the better parent. And so we were at loggerheads because I knew that that was where he was coming from. And I had like a a notion well, there was definitely something in what he was sharing with me that I felt to be true. Like I, I thought he was the better parent too. And seeing it from that perspective meant that what I, would happen is I would get very defensive. I would compete. I would cry and I'd get very upset Um, I would point out the things that he was doing wrong because on some level I thought that what he thought was true. And then over time I started just to get very quiet and as time went on Leo obviously was becoming older, he's now five and so the relationship started to shift and change. But what I started to notice was that the dread that I felt him coming home and for us to spend time together had lifted somewhat. I would I would feel it, but I would see it for what it was. And now, interestingly enough, as I'm speaking, I was kind of reflecting on whether or not that was still the case. And actually, no, it's not. I don't dread spending time with my son anymore. In fact, I actually have a great time with him. Yesterday was my birthday. And when you listen to this, it will probably be last week. And what I I notice is I really love spending time with him. We went on my birthday, we we, um, spent the day together. He went to school in the morning, but then the afternoon and the evening we spent the day together. So we went and had coffee. We took the... We took the... uh, a dog out for a walk and just had a really beautiful time. Now, if you'd asked me to do that years back, I would have been petrified. I'd be like, oh my God, I can't do that. It's too uncomfortable for me to spend the entire day with my son, especially on my birthday. I need some distraction. But now it's not like that at all. Now, you could say it has something to do with his age or you, I could just say that I've just become more quiet. I'm living less in this misunderstanding of how life works. In other words, I'm inside the logic more of the time with my son than I used to be. 
And inside the logic is that everything you experience via the power of thought. Outside of the logic, which is illogical, is to think that somehow my feelings were coming from spending time with him. And what takes you from inside to outside the logic is the misunderstanding of where your experience is coming from. And so, of course, I was in a misunderstanding. And seeing through that and being able to see, okay, what this is, what this is, made such a significant difference that as I shifted, so did my relationship with Leo. But what I didn't expect was the shift that would come as a result of that with my ex. Now, ever since we were together um, and have been co-parenting, I don't think I ever heard him ever say, well done, you're doing a great job, don't worry, things can sometimes be difficult. Until March of 2019. We had gone to uh, Salt Spring, oh not Salt Spring, sorry, Steamboat Springs in Colorado to ski. And Mark had decided to, my ex had decided to come and spend some a few days with us. Because skiing is our thing, and my ex decided he was going to come and chill. And so we, he came for a couple of days, and I remember the last night where Leo would chime a lot of the time about how much he preferred his dad to me. And when I'm in a good state of mind, it doesn't bother me, because I know that that is just his state of mind in that moment. And it's not personal to me. It's just how he's seeing it. But... That morning, I mean, that evening, I felt it so personally. I took it so personally. I was tired. You know how that happens, right? You get tired and it seems that everything that anybody says is, is, is to be taken on as truth. And I was tired. And so the next morning, I was still kind of hanging on to how I was feeling from the night before. And I had a quick chat with my ex about it. And he said, you know, don't worry about it. You know, it... Leo must have been tired and, of course, you know, he loves you and 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 and. About four hours later, I got a text and the text just bowled me over and just lifted me up, lifted my heart and my, and I was so touched because of what he said. And what he said was that I was doing a great job and that it didn't matter, um, what Leo thought, but he still loves you. He thought it's great, great mummy. Um, you're doing an amazing job with him. And I, I just completely broke down because this was another shift in our, in our relationship, another milestone in our relationship, another way of relating to one another. Um, and what I've come to see over the past two and a half years of us going from being in a marriage to co-parenting to co-parenting transatlantically is that we, we've always come from the same page in terms of what's the best for our son. And that's what we agreed when we first split. We said, okay, what is the best thing for our son? And that has to always be at the forefront of our minds. That has to be what directs the decision-making. Not what's best for me or what's best for you, but what's best for Leo. Now, interestingly enough, of course, you can always uh, 
<laughs> twist it, right? Well, this is best for my son, which is to stay this time here, or that's best for my son. And, but then we had to agree, you know, there were some parameters of what best for our son actually means and break that down. And once we got the clarity on what best for our son actually means, making the decisions for him have become a lot easier. So to give you an example of what I'm sharing here, um, over the past couple of months, I've been reflecting on and contemplating this idea that we were going to have Leo one year on, one year off. So he would school here in Spain and then he would school in the States and we would do that. And I've spoken to quite a few people about education and changing and moving and and the conclusion that I was sort of coming to was that actually what Leo really needed was continuity. If he did want to go to play in a football team, he wouldn't be able to because he would be kind of coming in and out all of the time. If he wanted to create solid and firm relationships, once again, that would be kind of difficult because he would be coming in and out all the time. If he really wanted to deepen his level of understanding in both languages of Spanish and, and Valenciano, that would also be a little bit difficult because he would be coming one year on, one year off all the time. I've spoken to quite a few people about this and right now it doesn't really matter because he's still not at school per se. And yet there was this looming decision that we had to make. And so originally... He was going to be here for the first year and then go back to the States the second. But I was having a conversation with someone and I was like, I need to actually have this conversation with my ex. This is a conversation I need to have with him. Because I am concerned. And so the intent was that he would do one year on, one year off, and then at some point he would decide who we would want to live with. Which, once again is a bit of a gamble because he might turn around and say, well, well, basically it wouldn't be 50% anymore. It would be like we've done one year on, one year off, 50%, and then whoever he decides he wants to live with, that's that. But I've seen what happens when two people leave it up to the child in a way and that's not to say that, you know, we wouldn't be able to work it through. It just seemed a little bit unfair that Leo would have to choose. And I've seen what that can do to a family. So I kind of started to reflect on that as well and thinking, well, I don't think that that's very fair in terms of the person that's been having them on and off and then suddenly they get them full time. And so I started looking into the educational side of things and I was like, okay, well, Spanish education, it's not necessarily the best in the world, but it will do for now. However, there are more opportunities in the US and I'm really aware of that, you know, going to university there, um, there are amazing universities and just job, job wise, amazing. And I understand that 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 Javier doesn't necessarily have that capacity. But what it does have is an incredible quality of life while Leo's still young, going to the beach, being outdoors, 
playing, you know, with the kids outside. Um, as a childhood, I thought this would be amazing for him. And then when he's older, you know, better education over there, absolutely. And while he would have been in a different system here, okay. Um, it might be worthwhile exploring what doing those chunks of times might be best in terms of, well, now we know this is six years here, six years there. There's no him having to choose. We've got the plan. Um, we've decided that this is what's going to happen. Now, of course, we don't know what's going to happen in the next year's years. Have no idea. Have no idea. But the amazing thing is, is that um, my ex is open to having that conversation and he's mulling it over. Now, that's not to say it will happen. But what I see is that There has been a level of trust. There's been a level of wanting to work it out from both of our sides. And I shared with him the other day and I, I said, look, you know, we may not have all the answers right now, but what I do know is, is that you and I are able to work things through. And if we need to go to mediation, we can do that. Um, but you and I are able to work things through. And he agreed. And so I'm sharing this with you, not because of like, I've got it all figured out. And, oh, well, these are the things to do. It's more about the come from. So I am bowled over about where we are today. My ex and I, I'm bowled over. Um, he just recently got married and I was invited to the wedding and I went. Um, you know, he, stay, he stays here, I stay over there sometimes. And I'm just bowled over by what we've managed to create. And what's interesting about this is that as I look back, I can see the progress. As I look back... I can see the changes. As I look back, I'm able to see the growth. But I can guarantee you that it's not been done rigidly or, or consciously, as in, well, now we have to do this in this way so that you and I don't argue. It's been more of a organic unfolding of our relationship now if you're wondering what has changed if you're wondering like if you're listening to this and you're thinking okay well this is great marina but how does this help me you know i've got an ex who's a right pain but i've got a um a really difficult situation where we don't talk um He's bloody annoying and he's out to get me and this and that. Well, that's how we were for quite a while. And something that comes to mind is a 
a client of mine, a mum, whose son didn't want to go to school because he was being bullied. She shared with me that when she got back from being here in Spain with me and having had a beautiful time just being, uh, giving herself the headspace and the time that she needed to rest and to design her life in the most healthy and balanced way, she shared with me how he had decided not to go to school three days in a row and that she was panicking now because once he was doing the same thing with her now because he'd been doing the same thing with his dad. And he didn't want to talk and he didn't want to be open and he didn't want to do any of that stuff, right? And she goes, what do I do? And I said, look, well, it seems to me the best thing we can ever do if somebody's feeling that way is just to give them space and time. So that's what she did. She gave them space and time. And in doing so, and in seeing that she still had this need for him to go, she still had this need and this story that she wasn't seeing as a story to go to school because apparently that would be better for her, apparently that would be better for the entire family, that would be better for him because he was getting an education. But here's what happened. I then get a, uh, a text message about two days later and she goes, oh my God, you'll never guess what. And I was like, what? Oh my God, my son is going to school. I was like, wow, what happened? Did you speak to him? What happened? And she said that it was because she had decided to shift her need for him to go. So in actual fact, it had nothing to do with what she'd said to him. It had everything to do with the energetic attachment she had for him to go. The minute she let go of that, that's when he decided he wanted to go to school. So what I get to see time and time again is that when we let go of someone needing to do something, be something, behave in a certain way for us to feel okay and safe and secure, they're more likely to shift and change when we let go of the attachment of them having to change. Now, that's not to say that that's a formula, by the way, because it may well be that it doesn't happen that way. And I've realized that, you know, we're sentient beings and we, when we have a need for someone to change so that we don't feel insecure, because we think that if they did change, life would be better, that they feel that, that somehow they feel that they're being judged. And in so doing, they put their foot down and go, nah, I'm not going to change. And that's the same in this case. When I let go of the need for my ex to change and for the relationship to change, everything changed. When I started to come from a place of love more of the time and I was more quiet and I could see that my experience was only ever coming from the power of thought, the shifts were made. When I could see that my ex has amazing qualities for my son and that he has his own way of parenting and Leo thrives in that environment, things started to shift. 
Now, that's not to say that you will feel the same way because you might see that there are certain behaviors of your exes that you're like, nah, that's not good enough. I need to have him at home. And of course, like this isn't a one size fits all. But what I do know is that there is wisdom guiding all of this, that when we get more quiet, that when we deepen our understanding of how life works, when we come from a place of resilience, innate resilience, that we have the capacity and know-how to know what to do. Now, we have that regardless of how we're feeling, by the way. But it's a lot easier to function in a place of wisdom and clarity and love and peace than it is from a place of stress, overwhelm, attrition and anger. Because I don't know about you, but... um, When I'm on the defense or somebody else is on the defense, the chances are that we get on the defense. We're more likely to. But when we fall into a place of love and well-being for ourselves, because effectively that is what it is, right? And you're able to see that we're all doing the best we can in any given moment based on the fact that we're all challenged by no understanding where our experience comes from. It's a lot easier to navigate this area it's a lot easier for us to show up in love and for the other people to feel it so my question to you for today is if you are struggling with an ex if you are struggling with the co-parenting side of things and you would love to be able to shift this for yourself once and for all for the sake of your yourself for your child, then what would it take? Would it take contacting me? Would it take listening to an audio? What would it take? If not for you, but for your children and your child. So with that, I wanted to share that if any of this has resonated for you and you feel that... um, you'd like to have a chat with me about how you can shift possibly the attrition or the unruly behaviors of your ex with your kids, then let's have a conversation. Because as I've started to see my shifts and those of my clients, like I spoke of with, with, especially with my recent client around her son, I know that this understanding is extremely powerful and that can help you too. I mean, if you knew that you could navigate this area of your life with much more ease and love and joy, why wouldn't you take the opportunity? (laughs) Why wouldn't you? So it's an invitation. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can always do so at marina at marinapearson.com. That's marina at marinapearson.com. And let's have a conversation. So this week, I wanted to share that I'm launching an amazing course called Manifesting Miracles 2020, the beautiful Ian Watson. After realizing that manifesting was a really hot topic from the amount of downloads that we got from how to manifest anything that you want on this series, we decided to club together and use our 34 years of experience to create a six-week on-live course for you to create one thing that you want to bring 
bring into your life. So anything from relationship to money to client, anything that you have thought to be totally impossible to create in your life, then we're going to give you the space to be able to do that. Now, who's it for? Well, it's for you if you've been striving and struggling to make that one thing happen. We're also going to get you clarity on what that is for you. Plus, by the end of the course, you would have manifested something of your heart's desires that you might have thought that was totally and utterly bonkers crazy that you never thought you'd be able to do so if this sounds like something that you're interested in and even you know if you've read my book you'll know that there's a chapter dedicated towards this and you want to be able to manifest and make 2020 that miraculous year for you then join me and ian if that sounds like something you want to be part of then email me at marina at marinapearson.com putting the subject line manifesting miracles and then in the body just ask me for more info and we'll take it from there hope to see you soon and there we have it another amazing episode of the joy of being until the next time remember you are the joy you seek